passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Ole Miss. I'm Jordan Dollinger, and today we are kicking off a very special series of new episodes focusing on Ole Miss spirit groups. You have been sending in some questions, and we're going to get to all of them in this episode and discuss how and why these squads are so vital to Ole Miss athletics. But before we get into it, make sure that you guys are subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. So new episodes like this one will download automatically each week so you never miss out on anything Ole Miss. Today we are talking all things team spirit, which is perfect now that college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL are in full swing, and the only place that you should be betting on these sports is over at betonline.ag. They even cover award shows, reality TV, and tons of other TV shows so you can get in on all of the betting action, even if you aren't up for placing those sports bets just yet. Choose from hundreds of props with real-time odds on just about anything you can imagine with BetOnline. And of course, there's always the 24-hour online casino. Head to BetOnline.ag on your computer or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So today I have a very special guest for you guys. I am joined by Ole Miss Revelettes head coach, Rachel Levitso. Thank you so much for being here. I'm excited to be a part of this. We're, I'm ready to go. You have such a long history in dance. So you grew up dancing. You continued it into college where you were a two-year team captain and four-year team member at Southwest Missouri State University before becoming a professional dancer. And you've coached at Texas Tech and Baylor before coming to Ole Miss. So now you are going into your fifth year with the Rebelettes. And I would love to know how you landed in Oxford, what this journey was like for you leaving Texas after so many years and jumping into the SEC really on a mission to seriously revamp and reinvigorate this program. Sure. Um, let's see. I was, the funny thing is like my entire life has revolved around dance and I will completely totally credit my parents for that. Apparently I was a shy child when I was little, which is just unfathomable to even think about because <laughs> I am not even remotely shy. So, but they put me in dance classes to help break me out of my shell and all that stuff. So I actually grew up in a studio. Um, I danced at um, a phenomenal studio in Kansas City, Diane School of Dance. Um, and it was probably about end of middle school, beginning of high school. And I realized that not only was I, I, I guess, good at it, but I had the heart for it. And I loved watching it. I loved being involved with it. I loved learning about it. And I had some phenomenal teachers that really encouraged me and pushed me to go beyond high school dance, like dancing all my high school dance, team dancing, 
in my studio, like there's a huge world out there. So it was kind of cool because one of my dance teachers um, was actually a New York City Rockette. So it was amazing to grow up and be able to watch her and see her progress and her uh, path that led her from point A to point B. So I kind of followed in her, in her footsteps. And so after, let's see, high school, I went to Ms. what's now known as Missouri State University, danced there for all four years, loved every second of it. Fun fact, Missouri State Sugar Bears, our program was just inducted into the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame. It's kind of cool, like how many dance programs in the country can actually say that they're a part of their sports hall of fame in their state. So huge, big honor. You know, we're all really, really proud of that. Post-college, again, I knew I wanted to go and do more. So I think it was my sophomore, junior in college. I uh, joined Universal Dance Association, became a head instructor with them, traveled the country, one of the best jobs I've ever had with the greatest people, learned the most life lessons there. After college, I went and danced in Branson, Missouri with Shoji Tabuchi. Oh my gosh, if you ever get a chance to go watch the Shoji Tabuchi show, like do it hands down. It, you will have memories to last your lifetime. Like they have a phenomenal production, great musicians, singers, dancers. I mean, just phenomenal. After the Tabuchi show, I did dance with Carnival Cruise Line, which is insane to even think about because it seems like so long ago, but and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, I, I forgot I did do that. Oh my goodness. So it was kind of cool to, you know, travel uh, the Caribbean, meet people from all over the country, dancing on a boat. Not easy, by the way, because that, that thing moves and you never know what's going to happen and where the floor is going to meet you. But, you know, we had the best time with our shows, downtime. We were always outside at the beach. It was just a really, really cool experience. While I was dancing on the boat, I ended up getting injured. So at the end of that contract, I actually came off the boat, had hip surgery, and realized that dancing probably wasn't going to be in my future anymore. So there was kind of gut-wrenching when your whole life you've trained and you've prepared to be a professional dancer and to make a living off of it, and then to wake up from surgery and your surgeon to go, we need to back off dancing. And I'm like, I'm just going to take a quick like six hour nap. I'll get back to you in a minute. So luckily I actually ended up doing another summer uh, post hip surgery with Universal Dance Association. So I kind of got to close that chapter of my life, Um, but it was one of those things where it's like, okay, well, if I can't dance, what am I going to do? You know, like what in the world is going to be next? And that's actually when I started thinking about coaching. I've had some phenomenal coaches in my life. Um, They've taught me how to be a great person, how to hopefully be you're the best leader you could be when everybody else is looking towards you. Um, I was on the varsity, the Universal Dance Association website, and there was a job posting for a part-time coach at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna put my name in the hat. Let's just see what happens. And I went down there and I was there for just a full day. And before I, before I left, I was actually offered the job on the spot. So it was like, oh my gosh, like my first coaching gig, like I'm going to coach in the stinking big 12. I'm like, right place, right time. Just lucky. I don't know. But my first year coaching was with a college dance team and it was the Texas Tech Palm Squad. And I loved it. They had just switched when I took over from competing at Universal Dance Association. And they had switched to competing at National Dance Alliance, which is a part of the same company that their cheer team competes with. So we were the new kids on the block going into nationals. So we're like, you know, going in kind of 
green, new, didn't know what to expect, but we know we're going to put our best foot forward. And I'm telling you what, I have never had probably the, the most, oh my gosh, is this really happening moment when they were announcing finalists and they said our names. It was like, hold on, I'm going to need to have a minute <laughs> and just go, go, oh, did we just really make finals? Like what in the world? I mean, I had that dance team. They truly did buy in and believe to everything. My boss, Stephanie Road, um, who's still at Texas Tech, uh, she believed in what we were doing and just kind of all the pieces fell together. So that was kind of a really cool moment to your first coaching gig, end up in finals. Texas Tech wasn't my final resting spot. I had bigger aspirations after that. So um, I only got to catch her one season at Texas Tech. Again, just randomly put my name in the hat for the um, director of spirit groups at Baylor University. Spent eight amazing years there. I mean, I think I will always be a Baylor Bears fan. Great people there. I loved Waco. I loved Texas. I coached all of my cheer teams, my dance teams, mascot teams. I had cheer coaches that really spearheaded everything. And, you know, when you've got 80 kids under you and you're just helping them coordinate their lives and helping them become better adults. I mean, you, you become hooked really, really quick, but there was something that I was just ready to take a, a, another change, you know, eight years, great years, but I was ready to try my hand at something new, something more challenging. And that's actually how I came to Ole Miss. I ran into the previous Ole Miss dance coach, Carly Cryer at an airport. We were both uh, judging different events in Orlando, Florida it's like four in the morning, we were going through security. And again, like most random things happen to me and I'm sitting there going through security. My eyes are still half closed. I'm not, I'm not even awake. And all of a sudden you hear Rachel, like yelling through the airport. And I'm like, could be me. Could maybe be another Rachel. And I turned around and here's Carly, who I've known for quite some time coming over. And she proceeds to tell me how she was retiring from Ole Miss and moving to Baton Rouge with her family. And she's like, you should put your name in the hat. And at the time I was like, ah, eh, you know, I'm, I'm mid season. I'm really not there. You know, I'll keep it in the back of my mind. And I didn't think about it until about March. And I went, wait, I kind of want to put my name in the hat. You know, it is a different jump. It's a different conference. It's a very competitive team, very competitive university with a big drive. And I said, I kind of missed the competition aspect. So lo and behold, <laughs> fast forward and I'm wrapping up year four right now, get ready to start year five. And I... I mean, every day is like a dream. It really is with the the people, the environment, the atmosphere. And then let's add on top of it, you have the best of the best kids coming through your program who love it, who want to be there, who want to learn, who want to grow, who want to make mistakes, learn from them and get better. So I am, I think the luckiest person probably in the world because I get the best job and I get to have the best time with it. That moment that you referenced earlier when you just come out of surgery, you're probably not feeling like the luckiest person in the world right now. And now look where you are. I mean, when you came to Ole Miss, you'd already been coaching for nine years and were so successful. Now you're going on year five. You are so passionate about what you do clearly. But I want to know, was there a big learning curve when you started with Ole Miss? With college dance teams, like we all have a lot of the same goals. We want to be the best in our field for here. We want to exceed expectations. So like those things all kind of fell in place. Going from Texas Tech where they competed at NDA to going to Baylor where at the time they didn't compete and then jumping over to Ole Miss where they competed UDA. I was like, okay, you know, so learning, you know, rules, understanding how that works. At Texas Tech, we competed in just one category, which is the team category. So you had to be able to do all three styles, palm, jazz, hip hop 
in that dance. Um, Baylor, we didn't compete in at, at Ole Miss. Last year, we competed in Division One A Jazz and Division One A Game Day. So just kind of getting a feel for how each competition or company runs their competitions, what their rules are, and just making sure that you play to the score sheets. Like that was a little different. Going from the Big 12 to the SEC, similarities, but very also different just because the magnitude of what football is in the SEC is on a different playing field and nothing against the other conferences because they all have something phenomenal and great to add. But it was just that part was probably the most different for me. And I think probably the biggest change is just Ole Miss football in general, the expectations that our fans have to see this huge production and the pageantry from the moment they step foot to set up their Grove tent the night before to even when they're taking it down after the game. It's like these fans do it right and they they're used to having a magnificent time in like, I mean, it, it really is a lifelong dream to go to an Ole Miss football game and to go to the Grove and all those other things. So learning and understanding and respecting and appreciating that wasn't hard, but it was a lot to it. And you come down here and it's like, we, there's tents and grass and silverware and plates and napkins. I'm like, what? And then you add chandeliers and TVs. I'm like, wow, like yes. they do it big. Like we go big here and it's so much fun. I mean, it is a, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> It'll be hard to ever like try to think about going somewhere else and experiencing something completely and totally different again. <laughs> And there's a lot that people don't understand until that first experience, like you were saying. There's also a lot that people don't know about spirit squads and how much goes into it outside of what they see during football and basketball games. So the Rebelettes are part of both Ole Miss Athletics and the Pride of the South Marching Band. In addition to what they do for the game day experience on the field, on the court, during the Grove show, there's also the yearly national competition that the team partakes in. So is the team practicing for this alongside all of the regular athletic season? Yep. (laughs) This year we're doing everything we can to make it as normal as possible, but it's just less hectic. Like in a non-COVID year, you know, on Monday of game of any game week, we're learning a brand new halftime show which is an eight minute show. We're making sure that all of our traditional stuff, our pregame, our sideline material is still looking good and crisp and clean. We're learning a new media break, which is, you know, 45 seconds to a minute long. We're doing that on Monday, practice from four to seven. And then we're doing that again, you know, learning and cleaning, getting it ready Tuesday, four to seven. Wednesday, we're with our band, putting our material on the field, on yard lines, making sure we're doing exactly what they need us to do to make the band look and sound their best as well. Thursday, we're back at practice, putting final touches on things. Friday, we're at the band field, putting final touches on things. And then Saturday, we perform it. And then Monday, we start all over again. And let's not forget that, you know, they're full-time students. I mean, we were just filling out paperwork and a lot of our kids are taking 16, 17, 18 hours a semester. Then you add on community events, you know, which is the other fun side of games. You know, we get to be out in the community and just get to be there for Ole Miss and Lafayette County and the SEC and, you know, all that stuff. And then, oh yeah, we work out twice a week, Tuesday and Thursdays at 6 a.m. It's like, I mean, they don't have time to blink during the year and, and it's cool because, you know, most people, they see them at events or games or performances and they make it look easy. Oh yeah. Then we're doing our job right. Okay, great. Because it shouldn't look like a struggle. It shouldn't look hard. It needs to look effortless, well put together, like fun, entertaining. Because if we're doing that, then we're doing our job right. Because that means all that hard work we just did for five days in a row paid off. 
and then we wash, rinse, and repeat. It always looks flawless. It always looks so well put together. I'm always so amazed when I would watch and be like, I can't do that or that or that. (laughs) So it was always so impressive. And I want to know what you would say is your overall coaching and leadership style and why you think it works well for this team. You're in charge of this group of young women, about 30 of them with all different strengths and learning styles. So how do you approach that and figure out a way to interact with them that is beneficial for each of them individually, as well as the team as a whole? So with my dance team, I mean, again, dancers, we, you know, we all start at a very, very young age. So we're always looking for what's next, what's next, what's next. So it's kind of great because they all kind of naturally come in on the same page going, Hey, I have prepared and worked for this moment. So their mindset is usually already there. And we always try to encourage dancers before they try out for us to come to a game. So they see that big picture of like, it's so much more than just smiling and waving or dancing it's like it's we're cheering we're doing palm we're doing hip-hop we're meeting and greeting we're shaking hands we we need to know the history and the facts about it so for me like my biggest thing is i want these kids to love what they do but not let them burn it out burn it out um because they are so overwhelmed like dance needs to be their escape from reality i want them to want to come to practice i want them to want to see each other i want them to enjoy the minutes they get because it's very, very quick. You know, if you're there for four years, when you're a freshman, you think, oh yeah, I've got four years. And all of a sudden you blink, it's, you're like, wait, I only have one game left or I only have one practice left. And then you're like, I, you can't go redo it. So, you know, my biggest thing, and I always tell them is live life with no regrets. That literally just speaks for itself. Cause it's like, if you want to try something, go for it. Are you going to make a mistake? Absolutely. Are you going to learn from it? You better. And, you know, and and I get to be there along the way. So my role for them goes beyond coaching and being hands-on and telling him, you know, put your arm here, put your head there, do this, do that, that kind of fun stuff. It goes so much further than that because they realize that they've got somebody who's in their corner 24 seven, you know, they're coming from across the country, anywhere between California to New Jersey, Minnesota to Texas, and they all converge here. You know, they're, they're leaving their families and, you know, I want them to know and to feel like they've got someone in their corner for all the big, exciting, awesome moments in their lives. And they've got someone in their corner for the, oh my gosh, I totally messed up moments. That's my biggest thing for them is to make sure that when they come in and then they leave, they know I'm still there for them. You know, we talk about once you're a rebelette, you're always a rebelette, you know, we're family and they really do have each other's back. So it's the culture that has come from years before and we just keep enhancing and build it. So when the new ones come in, the vets to show them the rope and are like, we do this, we don't do that. Rachel wants it cleaned like this. So go ahead and, you know, make that a commitment in your brain. So she doesn't have to tell you again. And, you know, when they're like, oh man, I bombed a test. And everybody's like, call Rachel. Like she'll help you through it. Like she'll help you realize that, yeah, that sucks. Why did you fail? Let's not do it again. You know, you had a fight with your friend. You broke up with your boyfriend. You're sick and you're in the dorm. Like all those things. So it's, it's kind of nice that they have I hope they feel, and I, and I know they do, that they feel they have somebody who truly 100% cares for them 24-7, regardless of what's going on in my own personal life and my own professional life as well. And for me, that's kind of what I always try to aim for. So I'm like, okay, then I'm doing my job right and I'm, I'm making a difference because I think that's what everyone wants to do is like be able to make an impact or a difference in this world. I'm just doing it through other people. Right. And there's something that you love, which is the best. So much yes. fun. So one of my biggest requested questions is 
what type of dance do the rebelettes do and how is it different from cheerleading? Also, what do you hope that people know about the rebelettes that they might not know? Cheer and dance have been around for a very, very long time. And of course it's evolved over centuries. Um, so when you said then you go, okay, what's the difference between cheer and dance? The most basic, easiest way to think of it is our dance team truly takes music and then they incorporate moves, motions, visual aspects that enhance the music to make it entertaining to watch. You know, so they're doing palm, you know, with the big sparkly silver palms in their hands. Jazz has a little bit more technique and flow and style and sass to it. Hip hop's more gritty in your face, you know, music that, you know, you, you would hear if you're just, you know, playing you know, something on the radio. With our cheer teams, they are able to do a lot of those things too, but where their area of expertise lies is the stunting, that's something that they're phenomenal at. I mean, they blow my mind, their talent. But our cheerleaders are the ones that go up in the air and they also do more of the tumbling aspects that you see. So typically like that's kind of like the biggest features Just what's the difference between the two. There's a lot of similarities as well. You know, a lot of our cheerleaders and dancers all start at a young age. You know, dancers, they start in a dance studio with our cheerleaders, a lot of them start in all-star gyms. So they spend their entire lives working up to this. It's just slightly different paths. When it comes to like, once they get here, they're very, very similar because they, they all have to be full-time students. They all have to maintain grades. Um, they all have grade checks. They all have study hall hours. They do the 6 a.m. workouts. They do the same amount of practices. And it's great because we're able to see each other. I don't know how every other university does it, but you know, we're, we are a spirit squads and uh, like yesterday, Jalen had co-ed at his practice and dance was coming in at the end of theirs. And we were able to actually watch each other and like support each other and cheer each other on. So it's like, are we different? Yeah, we're completely and totally different entities. However, we're very respectful and we support one another because the other one has phenomenal talent and skills that the other team doesn't have. Not only it doesn't seem like the coaches are close, but the teammates are all close. And while it's not the exact same thing, a lot of crossover and so that's just another layer of support. Yeah, it is. And we actually have a very um, a generic kind of phrase as well. Um, everybody kind of refers to females or even our male cheerleaders. And whether they're dancers or cheerleaders, they use the, the umbrella term cheerleader. Because what they see is they see, you know, talented male or female cheerleaders, dancers, whomever, um, that are really, really great in their field. And they have things in their hands that are palms. And so they kind of just lump us all together. And it's funny because we get that term all the time, you know, with the rebel, it's like, oh, your cheerleaders. And my girls love our cheer team, which is great. And they're respectful of the, the fact that maybe, maybe people don't really see that there is a difference or don't understand the difference. So when they hear that, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, so great to see you. I'm actually a rebelette, but this is so-and-so and she's one of our cheerleaders. And then that's a really great opportunity for us to kind of crash course people on like, yeah, we're similar, but we're also very, very different too. I mean, if we're going to have big games, huge stadiums, like we got to have 80 kids on the field and we're going to make sure that we're going to give every opportunity to these phenomenal athletes as we possibly can. So we're going to have all the teams. You are such an experienced and successful coach, but this year has been unlike anything other. I'm sure you've had lots of challenges, but I'm sure it's also been rewarding. So what are your hopes moving into this summer and moving into this next year? We haven't competed yet because nationals is usually in January. Thank you. Oh, COVID. So it's moved. We're now in April. Ooh. Okay. So let's start there. Yeah. So, I mean, like we have, like, it's funny. Cause like, we just, we call, we call them chapters. Like we close one chapter, the next chapter starts and we close that. So this is kind of like 
the final chapter. And I'm really excited because the seniors that are, um, that are doing nationals, like they see it. They're like, this is the final chapter and we need to put the exclamation point on our four years of being here. So they're very, very driven, very, very focused. And, you know, we were really worried going, okay, ha- April, holy cow, like this is a very long year with a world of crazy and you make a plan and then it changes 90 times before whatever happens, happens. This is one thing where we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, we want to go out with a bang. And so I guess like our hope is, Yes, making sure, fingers crossed, that the world still remains open and we still get to go to nationals, you know, because last year, none of this was happening. You know, everything was shut down. So that's definitely our biggest hope and dream. And then when we get down there, yes, we're up against other teams, but but most importantly, we want to be better than we were last year. And so they're sitting there going, let's watch videos. Let's break it down. Okay, we can do this better this year. Oh, hey, I see where we fell short last year. We're not going to do that this year. So it's kind of great to see them in their mindset going, this is what we scored in place last year. Our goal is to be better this year because I never want them to go like, oh, we want to win first. Everybody wants to win first. Everybody wants to do that. It just takes a minute. So it's like if every year you just keep pushing harder and work work harder, work smarter, keep getting better, eventually you will be one of those top, those big hitting teams. And you know, last year we came out fourth in the nation in game day, never competed in that category before. We're like, oh, here we go. Let's go give this a world. Sounds like fun. We made finals and the look in their eyes are like, oh my God, we made finals. We, what? And I'm like, look at us. We're so exciting. And then going into finals, they were seventh. And then they walked away with fourth in the nation. I'm like, so proud of them. And so, you know, they're like, we want to repeat that feeling. You know, we want to create that feeling regardless of placement and title or trophy and score. Like we want to repeat that feeling where you're like, oh my gosh, like look how much we improved in a blink of an eye. When it comes to this summer, you know, just like our university, we are going to plan for, work towards, hope for a normal year. But on the bright side, we all know that we're pretty adaptable and we can switch at the drop of the hat if we need to. So going into the summer, we're looking at, you know, we're holding tryouts in April for the for the new team next year. Um, we're holding cheer tryouts in May for the new teams next year. We're hoping that we're going to be able to attend um, UCA UDA college camp. We're hoping that we can go out to Vegas, uh, eight to 12 rebelettes and go out to see um, what we, we attend something called pro action, which is where we learn all of our material for the year. We're hoping that we get to be a part of band camp this year. You know, being a part of the Pride of South, that's, that's where we started. You know, that's where we started. And so like our relationship with the band is so important to us, but we missed not seeing, we didn't get to see the band at all this year. You know, usually we spend a whole week with them practicing, getting ready for pregame, getting ready for halftime, getting ready for kickoff. And then we practice with them twice a week, every week. So to go from that, you know, to seeing Mr. Dale and, you know, the kids love Mr. Dale and uh, Mr. Cole and, they love seeing our drum majors and our, you know, them pride of the South. And we're like, we don't see them. Like, this is wrong. So, you know, like that's what we're working and hoping towards that we can go back to even more normal than we were, you know, this year, we did a lot of great things, but work towards being more normal, being able to get those experiences back. Cause we did miss them. That that's definitely our goal is just to keep excelling and keep exceeding every expectation that's thrown at us. That is fantastic. Well, I wish you guys all the best of luck with that. And hopefully Everyone will be able to see you guys perform again this fall. So lots of good stuff coming up, I'm sure. So the last little thing that I like to do with my guests is a little game of rapid fire. No wrong answers. You you say that, but I feel like there's always a wrong answer. Never. Not with this game. Are you ready? Hell yeah. Damn right. Let's go. 
All right. What is your favorite style of dance to teach and your favorite to watch? Oh my gosh. My favorite style to teach is definitely palm. Um, I love the clean lines. I love the visuals. Uh, my favorite style to watch, probably jazz. Oh man, I love it. The girls are going to kill me because they're, you know, they're going to hope I said hip hop, but I didn't. I said jazz, but okay. We love a jazz moment. I like it. Bar or restaurant that you frequent most living in Oxford? Volta. Let's, let's not even kid ourselves. I'm Volta. Holy mm -hmm. moly. Like I really don't go out a ton. Like I do a lot of cooking at home, but Volta during the year is like my go-to. Like I always grab you know friends after practice and um, Volta. Yep. There it is. What is your biggest strength? Probably the ability to turn my heart off and not think, like take things personally. I feel like some people probably think I'm like mean and heartless because of it. But I was like, no, no, no. I just don't get emotional about things. No, that's, I think that's a really good one. Okay. Are you an early bird or a night owl? I'm a napper. I'm none of those things. I hate mornings. And I'm like, by 10 o'clock, I'm like, if I'm not asleep, Lord help me. Cause it's not gonna be a good day. And I love me a good nap in the middle of the day. I love sleeping. Who should play you in a movie about your life? Reese Witherspoon all day. So good. I've joked. I'm going to write my own lifetime, like TV series. I'm going to write my own book. There's going to be, a, I've, I've joked about this for someone like Reese Witherspoon has always been like my girl. So, so that's the best answer you could have given. <laughs> all right. My last and final question for you is what is your favorite thing about being part of the Ole Miss Rebelettes? My babies. Just all my babies, they come in <laughs> and they leave me there. It is my favorite part. Nothing else will top them. Just my babies, my team, my girls, my family. Well, that is all of my rapid fire questions. We made it. Through. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> you did so good. Thank you for sharing all of that with me. So last but not least, for anyone listening, if they want to get in touch with you, if they need the inside scoop, they have more questions, where can they connect with you on social media? How can they get in touch with you? Absolutely. You just need to follow the Ole Miss Rebelettes on Instagram, Twitter, and hello, we're on TikTok as well. Thank you so much again for joining me. Well, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah. Big thank you again to head coach Levitso for joining me. And next week, I've got more about the Rebelettes. I'm chatting with team captain Kayla White. So make sure that you tune back in next week to hear all about what it's like being a student athlete as a dancer and just how hard these girls work each and every day. Thank you for listening. And until next week, hottie toddy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.